Ladies and gentlemen, start your stopwatches because you're listening to the dispatches on the clock and that means we're going to spend the next 15 minutes or less. Okay, so this is going to be another one of those episodes where we probably take a little bit longer than 15 minutes to unpack this topic because today I want to talk about comedian Chris Rock's brand new Netflix special, Selective Outrage, and its brutal honesty about the morality of abortion. Before we get to Chris Rock, I'd just like to start by saying a huge thank you to all of our patrons. Thanks to you, we are able to keep producing this content. If you're not a patron, now would be a good time to sign up. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. And with just $5 or more per month, you will get access to two exclusive full-length patrons-only commentary podcasts every single week, one on a Monday, one on a Wednesday. Plus, you will get access to a couple of other exclusive monthly pieces of content and you get early access to all of our written articles, normally a week before everyone else. So $5 a month is all it takes. That's less than a cup of coffee. Lots of great content. Patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. The link is also in today's show notes. Right, let's talk about comedian Chris Rock and his brand new stand-up comedy special, which appeared on Netflix a couple of days ago. Now, this is a pretty big deal. If you're a comedian, to have a stand-up special means that you're doing pretty well. To have a stand-up special on Netflix, that's a really big deal because you are reaching a global audience. And that matters for what we're going to talk about today, because what that means is the subversive comedy that uh, Chris Rock engages in around the issue of abortion in this comedy special, this Netflix special, is going to be seen and heard by a lot of people around the world. And I think that's a very good and important thing. Now, so far, the discussion about this new comedy special, Selective Outrage, has focused on two major points. One is he talks about, finally, the incident last year at the Oscars where Will Smith assaulted him. Remember the slap? Well, he talks about that. He addresses that in his comedy special. He also talks a lot about, and thus the name Selective Outrage, the mob cancel culture of woke ideology. And there's some really interesting insights throughout the special. But the one thing that has not received anywhere near as much attention is the thing I want to talk about today. Halfway through this comedy special, he starts talking about abortion. And like I said, this is some really subversive comedy about pro-choice ideology and the truth of abortion. He is brutally honest. And this is a joke that is really set up and told in several different parts. So what we're going to do now is we're actually going to listen to this and I'm going to break at various points and I'm going to share my thoughts about what he's saying. So here he is at the start of the monologue, the jokes that he tells about the issue of abortion. A lot of people say, Chris, you shouldn't talk about abortion. It's a woman's issue. Say, Chris, you shouldn't talk about abortion. It's a woman's issue. And I'm like, hey, I've paid for more abortions than any woman in this room. When I go to the clinic, I say, give me the usual. <laughs> when I go in, they, they give me a punch card. Here you go. Two more and I get a free smoothie. 
Mango. Now, you might be tempted to think, gosh, that's a bit brutal. Brendan, what's going on here? This is really, really subversive because effectively what he's highlighting here is the misogynistic nature of abortion. And how, who are the real beneficiaries of abortion? It is men who do not want to be moral, virtuous and responsible men. He's also highlighting the shallow callousness of the culture of death with this whole comparison to a coffee shop, you know, where you get a punch card and then you get a free drink if you buy so many coffees, while, you know, you get a free smoothie if you have so many abortions at the abortion provider. And that also points to the fact that this is a money-making business for people. There is a lot of money that is made by the abortion industry. All of that is wrapped up in this one little beginning to this monologue about abortion and it's quite profound. I'm not sure if everyone in the audience is quite grasping what he's highlighting here, but this is really, really important because he actually does come back to this theme again, which makes me believe that this is not just him trying to be uh, outrageous. I think this is him actually trying to make a point about what abortion is and who it really benefits and how it's really about the selfishness of people who don't want to actually take responsibility for their own actions. And it's the men who get out of jail free uh, because of abortion. It's not the woman. They're left with the burden and the grief and everything else that goes along with it, while men get to basically just be sexually promiscuous and not have to be responsible for their actions. Right, let's carry on. That's right, pro-life, pro-choice. Pro-life, pro-choice, what are you, what are you? I have two beautiful daughters. I have two beautiful daughters, right? And so there's a part of me, there's a part of me that's pro-life, okay? Because I'm definitely pro their lives. Now, this is really, really important. Again, he is pointing out the hypocrisy in all of this. And I remember this reminded me, this part of the special reminded me of a testimony I heard about 20 years ago, actually, from someone who had been what you might call a typical liberal, urban, elite American journalist. Her and her husband, she said, were both pro-choice. But then one night she was thinking about this and she realized that her pro-life friends, they actually had a more humane position. Because she said her and her husband, they were pro their own lives. They were pro the lives of their family and friends. But she realized that night that her pro-life friends were pro everybody's life. They believed that every human being should be respected, not just uh, in a sort of selfish way or a very insular way, those that are closest to us, those that we have a vested interest in, like our own family and friends. We should actually care about all of humanity. And she said that is actually a much more humane and progressive position than the pro-choice one is, which is actually very selfish. And I think that's what he's really highlighting here, is that, well, when we talk about this whole pro-life thing, are we being selective? He doesn't dwell on this point too much because he now moves into, I guess, what you would call the typical sort of liberal talking points. And uh, he starts to talk about his pro-choice credentials. So have a listen to what he says here. Okay. So there's a part of me that's pro-life. But since I love my daughters unconditionally, I love them not just as little girls, I love them as grown women. I want my daughters to live in a world 
where they have complete control of their bodies, okay? Okay? And because of that, I am pro-choice. I'm absolutely pro-choice, okay? What he's doing here is the, the sort of very typical traditional enlightenment liberal, the modern liberal sort of response to the question of abortion is to say, well, yeah, I'm pro-choice, but I'm personally opposed. He doesn't say that in the special, but really you can see that's what's going on here. And so he's putting his pro-choice credentials out here. But here's the thing. Just when you think maybe this is the end of the monologue, because, okay, he started, he's told this callous joke about abortion and a punch card and a free smoothie for having so many abortions. And then he he's finished right now by telling us how pro-choice he is. And he's about to really hammer home this point about how being pro-choice is the right choice. And not just that, but maybe he's even going to ridicule pro-lifers. He is going to tell us how awesome abortion is because that's the norm nowadays. But this is a bait and switch. And you heard the crowd there. They were cheering away. Yeah, he's pro-choice. Yes, he said the right thing. Yes, praise the high priest of pro-choiceness. Right? And, and that they're all into it. Because have a listen to what the crowd does next. Because as I said, this is a bait and switch. He's setting them up here. And he's setting them up. Here comes the punchline. He's about to get brutally honest about abortion, and you have a listen to the reaction. They don't know how to respond when he actually calls out the pro-abortion, the pro-choice ideology. Have a listen to this. I believe women should have the right to kill babies. <laughs> That's right. I'm on your side. I believe you should have the right to kill as many babies as you want. Do you see what he's done here? He has completely flipped this whole thing around. He's turned it on its head. He set them up, and now he has delivered this brutally honest comedic punchline that tells the truth about what abortion is. It's killing. It's about the killing of unborn children. And he really hammers home the point when he says, that's right. I'm on your side. What he's saying is, hey, this is your ideology. I'm with you. It's all about killing unborn children. This is really subversive. I wish I could show you, but obviously I can't because this is audio only. But obviously, if you see the video footage and if you get a chance to watch the special for yourself, you will see that he has this wry grin on his face all throughout this little segment here. He knows what he's doing. This is very very subversive. He's challenging the pro-choice ideology and he's saying, well, if we're going to be pro-choice, let's be honest. Let's tell the truth about what abortion actually is. Have a listen, because he actually goes on to really hammer home this point. Kill them all. I don't give up. But let's not get it twisted. It is killing a baby. So you see there what he's saying? Let's not get it twisted. In other words, let's not lie to ourselves. We should tell the truth. Abortion is the killing of an unborn child. Let's not pretend it's anything else. He goes on to say this, really, again, reinforcing the moral reality of what every abortion represents. Because whenever I pay for an abortion, I request a dead baby. Sometimes I call up the doctor like a hitman. Is it done? 
Again, what he's doing here is he's really hammering home this fundamentally important truth. Every abortion ends the life of an innocent human being. It's not some random clump of cells. It is not some meaningless blob of tissue. This is an unborn child. It is a human being. It is a member of our family. It is a member of our community that is deliberately killed every time there is an abortion. Like he says, at the end of every abortion, you expect there to be a dead baby. That's the whole point. So let's be honest about what this actually is. Like I said, this is really subversive, what he's saying here, to our current culture and the culture of not just pro-choice, but now radically pro-abortion culture and ideology that has taken hold in the modern West. He goes on to actually ask next a really important philosophical question when he says this. And people argue, first trimester, second trimester, first trimester, second trimester. I think women should have the right to kill a baby until he's four years old. (laughs) That's right. Trimester, semester. <laughs> I think you should be able to kill a baby till you get that first report card. <laughs> Whoa, he ain't never getting a scholarship. <laughs> so, okay, you can finish watching Stranger Things, <laughs> but when it's over, we going to the clinic. <laughs> Hurry up, I'm trying to get a smoothie. Now, again, he goes back to that smoothie joke. And again, this highlights the callousness of what abortion is and the convenience of it. It's like a a commercial quick fix, get out of jail free solution to a problem and and, and a way for us to actually avoid responsibility in a culture of self-gratification and in a culture of self-comfort. But it's also the fact here that he's asking and raising a really important philosophical question. If it's okay to kill a human being in the womb, why is it not okay to kill a human being outside the womb? And when I heard this segment, I actually was reminded of a short story that was written just after Roe v. Wade, so in the early 1970s in America, and it was written by science fiction author Philip K. Dick. Now, if you don't know Philip K. Dick's work, in actual fact, you probably do. You just don't realize that it was his work that you were being exposed to because a lot of his stories have been turned into major blockbuster films. So Blade Runner was written by him. These are all original stories that got turned into films. Imposter One, Minority Report, Total Recall. These are all short stories that have been turned into films based on Philip K. Dick's work. And not just that, but his work is also been made into television shows and stories as well. So this guy's quite prolific and he was also opposed to abortion. And after Roe v. Wade, he wrote a fascinating short story about a world in America in which you could actually abort a child right up until it was really about the age of 12 or 13. And the standard that they used was an algebra test. If the child could pass an algebra test, then they were considered to be a person. And if they couldn't, then it was okay for parents to end their lives. And there was the story about this van, this people catcher van that goes around and it captures children and takes them off to this clinic. And if they can't pass the test, they get aborted. And in the story, a father jumps into the van along with a child 
And basically, he exposes the lie of this whole ideology. And he says, well, I don't know algebra either. So does that mean that I'm not a person? In other words, we are using this completely arbitrary set of criteria to determine whether or not you are a human person. And they are not valid criteria for determining that. And that's what Chris Rock is actually getting at here. He's saying, well, why stop with trimester? And he makes that joke about semester. Why not? Right up until they're, you know, in their older and early teen years, you know, if there's no hope of them getting a scholarship, what's the difference? If you're looking at a child and the woman saying, well, I don't think there's any hope for this baby, so it's okay to end its life. Why wouldn't you say the same thing about a child who is older and has shown through their primary school years that maybe they're not going to go on to get a scholarship? Does their life matter? Do they have worth? This is really, really subversive. And it's also really, really philosophically quite deep the questions that he's exploring here. He finishes up this segment by laying out, I think, and he really he, he's going back to where he started here now when he says what he says next. Have a listen to this. Ladies, listen. If you have to pay for your own abortion, you should get an abortion. <laughs> Stop letting broke dicks come inside of you. This has been a public service announcement. Now, what he's doing here is he's getting to the whole question of sexual responsibility and virtue. Is it really right? Is it really good if we are using abortion as this tool to avoid responsibility? What are we doing here? What's going on? What's happening when couples are hooking up and engaging in the most effective way of making a brand new human being, the sexual act, but they don't have the ability or the intention or whatever it is to actually follow through and be responsible parents? That's really what lies at the heart of this joke. What he's saying here is make more responsible decisions about sexuality. Now, he probably wouldn't go as far as I would go, and I would say, yes, we need to make really responsible decisions, and we need to recognize that the sexual act finds its fullness of completion and flourishing and its greatest level of responsibility only in the confines of marriage, and that's why we should save it for marriage. We should save the gift of our sexuality for marriage, for the husband or wife that we will marry and spend the rest of our lives with. I don't know if he would go that far and agree with that point, but there is the beginning of a truth here that he's highlighting, that we are living in this sexually irresponsible culture, and it goes back to what he said at the beginning, where abortion is treated like this quick fix, get out of jail free card, and we're so callous and shallow about it. We don't tell the truth of what's really going on, and we act like we are walking into a coffee shop to get ourselves another coffee. Oh, it's just another abortion. And what he's highlighting here through the subversive comedy, is he's getting brutally honest about the culture of death that we have embraced. Now, what's interesting about this is Dave Chappelle did something similar a couple of years ago in his comedy special, Sticks and Stones. In fact, it was also around about the 30-minute mark, about halfway through his special, that he talked about abortion as well. And here's what Dave Chappelle had to say. I'm not for abortion. Oh, shut up, nigga.
<laughs> I'm not for it, but I'm not against it either. It all depends on who I get pregnant. Now you see what he's done here? He's done the same thing that Chris Rock did. He's highlighted the misogynistic, the selfish nature of abortion and how it's a tool of convenience, a very brutal and barbaric tool of convenience. Now he goes on from here and he, again, just like Chris Rock does, he gives his pro-choice credentials, his liberal pro-choice credentials, and he does the spiel about, doesn't matter who you are, I don't think you should actually tell a woman what to do with her body, etc., etc. And just when you think that's the end of the monologue, again, he gets subversive and he goes and says this. Gentlemen, that is fair. And ladies, to be fair to us, I also believe if you decide to have the baby, a man should not have to pay. That's fair. If you can kill this motherfucker, I can at least abandon him. It's my money, my choice. So you see what he's done here? This is really, really subversive comedy. He's done exactly what Chris Rock was doing. And first of all, he is brutally honest about the fact that abortion involves the killing of a human being. He calls it killing. That's the first thing. He's being totally honest in a culture which does not want to be honest about what every abortion actually involves. And then he goes on to make this really interesting and, again, very important philosophical point. If it's okay to be pro-choice about abortion which is far more serious than whether or not you pay child support, then why is it not okay to be pro-choice about whether or not you pay child support? Why should a man be forced to use his body to earn money to pay for a child if he didn't want to be a father? And he's showing and exposing here the logical, moral hypocrisy of the pro-choice ideology. And it's this next statement that he makes right on the back of this one that actually got missed by a lot of people, but I think it's profoundly important. So have a listen to this one simple line, which I think sums everything up so beautifully here. And if I'm wrong, then perhaps we're wrong. <laughs> Figure that shit out for yourselves. In other words, what he's saying here is if I'm wrong about the whole question of paying child support, and if I'm wrong that it's not okay to actually be pro-choice about paying child support, then maybe we are wrong about abortion and we have got our pro-choice ideology wrong. He says this, remember, right on the back of saying, yeah, yeah, I'm pro-choice, woman's right to do with her body. But, but if I'm wrong about this point on pro-choice and child support, then maybe we're all wrong about abortion and being pro-choice. This is really important. It is really subversive. And the first time around, that question actually got missed by a lot of people, and it's profoundly important. So what is going on here in these two comedy specials? Well, I think a couple of things are happening here that are noteworthy. First of all, you are seeing two men who are what you might call very typically 
liberal in their way of thinking. And this is how the abortion conversation used to happen. So you would have people who would say, well, I'm pro-choice, but I'm personally opposed, or I'm personally opposed to abortion. I think abortion is immoral. It's not something I want to be part of. But I also think that uh, anybody who wants to should be able to choose that for themselves. So they are showing their typical liberal credentials here. Now, this is a dying position now, especially amongst elites like celebrities and politicians and others. This liberal position on abortion is fast giving way to a much more extreme one. It's all about celebrating your abortion, shouting your abortion. It's about trying to normalize abortion. It's about lying about the truth of what abortion is. It's not enough to be pro-choice. You've actually got to celebrate abortion. You've got to tell lies and pretend that it's not a big deal now. And so things have changed dramatically. And these two comedians represent a former uh, ideological approach to this issue that is in danger of of being completely swamped now by this new radical pro-abortion ideology. Secondly, both of these men as black comedians, I have no doubt that they are influenced in their thought about this issue by Christianity and by the civil rights movement. It's almost certain they have a sense of abortion and uh, abortion in the context in particular of civil rights. This was actually something that civil rights movements talked a lot about. The Black Panthers, for example, didn't just oppose abortion, they also opposed contraception, and they talked about this was a eugenic targeting of the black community because so many black babies ended up dead by abortion, and they saw this as a threat to their community. Not just that, but there is also the Christianity which the black American community is steeped in. And that Christianity, there is a really strong pro-life current that runs through that. And I've got no doubt in my mind that despite whatever liberalism they might embrace now, these men, their formative years and their commitment to their family has been uh, a big factor in their approach to this issue. They have been shaped and nurtured in an environment that understands the gravity and the reality of what abortion actually is. Like I said, this is subversive, and it's also very important because it's on Netflix, and a lot of people are going to see this, and hopefully they will be challenged to think more deeply about the morality of abortion and the hypocrisy and the serious flaws with the pro-choice ideology. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth, and beauty, not by lies. And I will see you next time on The Dispatches. On the Clock is brought to you by Left Foot Media. Support our important independent media work at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia with just $5 or more per month, and you'll receive exclusive access to our full-length patrons-only episode of the Dispatches podcast every single week. That's patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. Link is in the show notes.